Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 35 Republican members of Congress joined with Nancy Pelosi last night to pass the January 6th commission bill. We will show you those names and we will put them on notice. And Republicans in the U.S. Capitol are breaking the rules and throwing away their masks. We will get an update on the mask rebellion happening in our United States Capitol. And did Nancy Pelosi do something right for once and let some good legislation slip past her? Congressman Madison Cawthorn will break that down for us, all of that and more tonight on Dr. Gina Primetime. All right, we start off tonight's show with your doctor's orders. Don't ever try to appease the left. It doesn't work. Last night, 35 House Republicans joined with Nancy Pelosi and all the other Democrats to pass, pass the bill that was estab would establish the January 6th commission in order to continue the smear of conservatives, Trump supporters, and Trump himself, as you know. Now, President Trump released a statement earlier this week at his From the Desk of Donald J. Trump site, and he said Republicans must get much tougher and much smarter and stop being used by the radical left. And it's true. These Republicans who voted for this are being used by the radical left. There are only two explanations as to why in the world these 35 GOP members of Congress would side with Democrats. Think about what the Democrats are doing right now. And they sided with Democrats. One, they are part of the establishment elite, like Liz Cheney. She is, of course, on that list of 35. Cheney and many of those on that list have been in the swamp for so long that they have no idea what happens outside of the D.C. Beltway. And they've gotten to the point that they don't actually care. What they do care about is their big consulting gig that they will get when they leave Congress or maybe that contributor job on some fake news network that pays them enough money to keep their fancy townhome in D.C. so they can keep going to their white glove, white glove cocktail parties and toasting with their friends who are all on the left and in media. And that's what really happens in Washington, D.C., folks. People like you and me don't get invited to those cocktail parties, nor will we ever, nor, by the way, does Donald Trump or anyone who's ever mouthed the words of Donald Trump in a favorable manner, because that's the price you pay. It's the price of never being invited back to those parties. So whenever you wonder why things don't make sense in Washington, D.C., just think about those cocktail parties. Who's invited, who isn't, and who cares to be invited and who doesn't? And it will all just make sense in your head. Now, the other explanation of these deplorable, horrible 35 is that they're naive or ignorant or cowardly. Some of the 35 on that list honestly believe, honestly believe, and these are the dumb ones, that if they vote with Democrats just every now and then and just smear Trump and his supporters occasionally, that they will somehow be spared 
from the ridicule that is directed at Republicans who are loyal to the America First agenda. And they know you're nice. They watch the mainstream media, and they don't want their wrath. They don't want George Stephanopoulos or Andrew Cuomo's brother to say anything bad about them. They don't want the Joy Reads of the world or The View to bag on them. They also see what the deep state can do to those who step out of line. They see the power of the cancel culture. They don't want their name on some list of corporate bad guys do not hire because they were ever affiliated with a vote for Donald Trump. They know that a mob could show up their home at any time if they oppose the elite. The elite. They can be audited and they can be kept off of the important party lists, the important job lists, and so much more. So they think they can gain some favor with the left if they will just kowtow to them every now and then, just every now and then. They can vote right on the middle of the line issues like infrastructure and like the things that nobody really takes exception to in the Republican Party, but they're going to part ways on the real meat that matters, the things that make your blood boil, the things that make us truly Americans. Well, guess what? We have to show them they're wrong. The left will never love them. Just like President Trump said in that earlier quote, the radical left will use them as tools against their own Republican Party until the time comes when they will be destroyed or discarded. I've seen this over and over again in politics. Now, Donald Trump knows just how quickly they will turn on you. He used to hang out, don't forget, with Chuck Schumer and Al Sharpton and most of the media who just scathingly criticizes him now. The Cuomos, remember when he was a nonpartisan billionaire, I'll get this out, real estate development developer? Donald Trump, Trump hung out with all of them. But suddenly, he came out of the closet as a maverick as an anti-elite, as an American first outsider who was going to shake up the system. Then they came for him with guns ablazing. Okay, well, no guns, just a lot of security guards and a lot of ink. So to that list of 35 Republicans who voted with Nancy Pelosi last night in favor of the January 6th commission, unless your plan is to jump ship and join the wacky anti-American left, it's a good idea not to ever try to appease the left. They will never love you. Mark my words. On top of that, now you have an entire MAGA movement who will not forget you. They will oppose you. And I, for one, will work in every way I can to make sure that every one of those 35 are defeated in 2022 and replaced with people who stick to what they promised their constituents when they ran for office because that's what really matters to American patriots. And that's your doctor's orders for tonight. All right, let's head out to Lynchburg, Virginia, to the latest stop on the RAV Save America Freedom Tour, Ben Burkwam and America America Head. Wow, I'm, ha I'm just having my own show here today. Amanda <laughs> I've renamed you. I think it's a promotion. I'm, I'm now entitling you Miss America Amanda Head. There you go. Good to see you guys tonight. <laughs> Good to see you. I've been called Captain America before. Now it's America. Right. I love America that. Head. I love that. Okay. That's beautiful. Thanks, Dr. <laughs> Gina. That's uh, it's a it's a beautiful. This is my first time being here, by the way. It is an incredibly beautiful campus here. Yeah, this is my second time here, Dr. Gina. As you know, I was here last last month 
covering a, uh, uh, an African business summit in coordination with the School of Business. The dean of that school uh, is Dave Bratt, who is on our network fairly regularly. And we partnered with him to put on this event tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. We've got a lot of students coming down, some great speakers as well. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. And so uh, what all is the focus of this and what do you all hope to, to bring to us tomorrow? Because, you know, we'll have you back on tomorrow to let us know what all, what all is happening there. Well, it's really, it's Liberty. I mean, we're at Liberty University. We came from the city of Liberty, uh, Philadelphia, which was an incredible event yesterday. Uh, locals came out. And just to be there on the ground, you know, it's just in such historic places. We stopped by Washington's Crossing last night and to see where they went across the Delaware. Had they not done that, you think about the courage it took for our founders and, and the forgotten men of war back then uh, who put their lives, their fortune and their sacred honor on the line. You, you know, you, to go and walk on the ground where they've stood is incredible. And so tomorrow it's really taking that idea of liberty the the audacity of liberty that America was uh, and still is compared to many parts of the world and saying, what are you guys going to do with it, you students at Liberty University? We're going to have some amazing speakers. Phil Klein's going to join us, obviously, uh, Dave Bratt, mm -hmm. and so many others will be here. But really, I'm excited to talk to the youth tomorrow. Again, we'll be live on the network from 2 to 3 p.m. And the exciting part to me, Amanda, is nobody else is doing this. We're traveling across the country as the left continues to push the, the politics of despair and oppression, uh, they're, they're, they continue the oppression Olympics. Uh, yeah. We're out there saying it's time to get back to what makes America great. And that's what America, I think, really wants to focus on. And they bash America. Yeah. And we are trying to do the opposite. We started in Philadelphia, and we are trying to take that history with us, that appreciation and love of our history and Philadelphia and the things that took place there, bringing it here to Lynchburg, Virginia, and infusing that into these students here so that when they uh, grow up and they become politically active or they possibly run for office, that they take those principles and those values of freedom with them, and they propagate that across Washington. Washington, D.C., because as we know, in Washington, D.C., a love of America, uh, it's on life support. Well, it's very cool. I've, I've watched your, your feeds. You have great music on the bus, great conversation, sort of a great reawakening of all that we need to remember is precious and worth saving about this wonderful country that so many have fought and died for, um, just as it seems like so many want to just ruminate on all the negative. I so appreciate what you all are doing. And I appreciate, I just have to brag on our network for a moment and say, I appreciate that we are taking the time and the expense and the effort uh, to do this because uh, nobody's doing anything like this. Save America Freedom Tour starring our own stars, Amanda Head, I'll get it right this time, Amanda America Head, I've renamed her now, and uh, Captain America, why not, Ben Burkwam. <laughs> hey, if it fits. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much. We'll check hey, back you know, in with you tomorrow. Yes, go ahead. Sounds good. Thank and you. Doc, and Dr. Gina, just to, to the audience out there, remember, you are not oppressed, you are blessed if you live in the United States of America. Amen to that. Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow. Coming up, did Nancy Pelosi actually do something right for once? I know it's hard to believe, but even a broken clock is right twice a day. Checking the time. Oh, I didn't forget to the watch. Congressman Madison Cawthorn up next to tell us all about it and also about the anti-mask rebellion happening in our House of Representatives right now. That's right. Next here on Dr. Gina Prime Time.
Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, two nights ago, the House of Representatives actually passed H.R. 2167, and much of that bill was meant to help our military veterans find jobs. And the man with a plan behind part of that bill is Congressman Madison Cawthorn. It is a big deal, Congressman, to be the first freshman to pass a bill. That is not a small thing. And uh, I applaud you and I compliment you. And especially because this one is dealing with veterans. And right now, with everything happening to our veterans during this whole entire COVID government overreach, thank you. I want to personally thank you from our network for taking care of them and doing something to help them. Congratulations and thank you. Well, Dr. Gina, thank you. You know what? Uh, we did a big, big accomplishment being one of the freshmen to be the first to really get something through. Uh, I think that it's showing a new archetype of exactly the way you can go about business here in Washington. Uh, you don't have to be a soft spine, weak kneed uh, Republican who wants to capitulate to the left all the time like a lot of our career politicians on our side do. Uh, you can actually come up here, you can fight hard, you can fight to win, but you can also still get things done for your constituents back home. Absolutely. Congressman, I want to ask you about um, the January 6th commission bill also that passed last night in the House. It got 35 Republican votes. Um, many conservatives are putting those 35 on notice, but it does seem, it does seem that the left has a way of really canceling people who do anything that they perceive to be against what they want done. But when it comes to folks like Liz Cheney or Mitt Romney, who's been around forever, or others who have opposed America First values, seems that the America First crew tends to kind of forgive and forget. These people slip back into their offices and not a lot is ever done. Now, Donald Trump, I don't think he's going to let this slide, but he can't do a lot about it without the whole MAGA coalition getting involved, the whole America First movement getting involved. What do you say to those 35 and what, how do you instruct your grassroots supporters um, to, 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 to take this up with them? Well, you know what? We do encourage uh, diversity of thought in our party, so I believe that's why you sometimes see more dissenters on our side. Uh, I don't require that everyone ha is a monolith. But you know what? We are fighting an enemy that is communism. We are fighting an enemy that is trying to destroy what, our, what it really means to be an American. And so I believe we should all be united in that. That's why we got rid of Liz Cheney. And you know, to everyone else who wanted to vote for this, it really just makes me shake my head and wonder, are you truly a part of our party? Uh, because if you were a part of the, the, the party that I'm a part of, this America first Republican Party, one that's going to stand up for our republic and our conservative values, then you would be demanding that this commission broaden its, its, its scope to actually look at all political violence, not just January 6th. But let's also investigate the six deaths of police officers who died last summer on Black Lives Matter protests. This is absolutely ridiculous that we really narrowed it down to January 6th. It's being turned into a political weapon. I think we should be looking at all political violence because all political violence, I believe, is wrong.
A hundred percent. And and what what are you hearing back from your constituents about this whole this whole thing? What what are you hearing from them? Because you know, if we live in certain parts of the country, we tend to hear certain messages over and over again. And so some of us may live in more conservative areas. Some of us may live in more liberal areas. What are you hearing? What I'm hearing from my constituents and from the the people of my my supporters, I'm genuinely hearing that they want us to be up here to fight. They don't want us to sit here and play partisan games. They don't want us to to try and and grapple with one another. They realize that there is indoctrination going on of an entire generation right under our noses. They realize that what's going on when they're trying to use the January 6th commission, uh, they're trying to put a January 6th on par with 9-11, which I believe is an insult to all of those survivors. And so I genuinely believe that the people in my district want us to be focused on real issues, not trying to sit here and, and debate if Liz Cheney should be uh, in a leadership position, which she shouldn't, so I'm glad she's gone. Uh, we shouldn't be sitting here just uh, playing partisan games. We should be getting real things done. We have an unsecured border. China is on the rise. We have Russian hackers who are so, so emboldened by the weakness of the current administration that they believe they can attack our critical infrastructure. Uh, uh, the southern border is allowing people who are on terror watch lists to get into our country. Uh, the list of problems in our country goes on and on. And so the more that people sit up here and play partisan games and keep, keep carrying on with genteel politics, uh, I say your days are numbered because it's time to fight. Absolutely. And then we have this whole issue of the masks. We saw the major mask rebellion yesterday. Um, you and a handful of other GOP uh, representatives protesting the mask rules in the House. $2,500 fines from Nancy if you don't wear your mask. But we all remember when Nancy Pelosi went into a beauty salon to have her hair done, and it was okay that she didn't wear a mask there. So I'm just wondering if you are going to propose some sort of amendment or resolution whereby you turn the house floor into a beauty parlor and then nobody has to wear their masks anymore. You know what, that's one heck of an idea, Dr. Gina. But, uh, but you know what, I, I just want to encourage us to imagine, uh, really think to our founding fathers, know that we're not descended from fearful men. Uh, imagine being a George Washington when he was trying to get the, the – British to capitulate in Yorktown, except he had a mask on his face. That's not who we were descended from. We're descended from men and women of valor who stood up for their own personal liberty, and that's what my friends and my colleagues and I were doing on the House floor yesterday. Uh, I genuinely believe that it's time for us to be leaders on this. Let's, let, I agree. Let's listen to the science. The science is clear. Masks don't work. We don't need them. It's time for us to move on. And what's going to happen with these fines? A lot of people were asking me, I had somebody write, you know, should we start a GoFundMe account? And I'm like, I don't know, because I don't know if they're really going to have to pay these. I've never heard about these kinds of fines before. What's the deal on that? Well, you know what? Uh, the, the jury is still out on if the Nancy Pelosi can actually furlough our paychecks to be able to take the money from us. I genuinely don't believe she has the right to. And if we believe we have the case, I will take her to court over it. Uh, but when we start looking at what's going on with this, I, I genuinely believe the American people are going to have my back uh, if Nancy Pelosi tries to bring all these fines against us because we're sick and tired of her games. I'm not going to bow down to some ri ri ridiculous, egregious threat from Nancy Pelosi. She doesn't scare me. To her, I say, do your worst. Bring it on. 
And please, Nancy, keep your mask on. <laughs> I like Nancy with the mask on. You can't understand her, and you don't have to see as much of her. I figure that's a win-win. But uh, I, I think uh, that most of America agrees uh, our, we don't want our congressman, our good uh, firebrand congressman, to, uh, to be wearing masks. Anyway, you sent a letter to your governor in North Carolina asking him to get rid of the state mask mandates. Most everyone doesn't have to wear a mask anymore, but school children do. I saw heart-wrenching testimonies from little children begging their own school boards to please let up on the mask mandates for them. Will North Carolina get rid of the rest of mandates for your constituents, or are we going to have to resort to having children do what adults can't seem to pull it together to do? Oh, you're absolutely right. You know, I was encouraged by a young 10-year-old boy who is uh, in front of his school board who was uh, really pushing a school board to get rid of the mask mandates. And I was thinking if a 10-year-old has the courage to stand up and fight against his own school board to do this, surely I have the courage to stand up to crazy Nancy Pelosi. Uh, so that's really why I did it. But I, I genuinely believe that these mask mandates in North Carolina, I, I don't know if Roy Cooper's going to listen to science. I don't think he's the most logical fellow I've ever met. Um, but that's the one reason why we all want to run to Santa's in our life. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and, and I just wanted to wish you uh, congratulations on your recent uh, marriage. You got married. You went on a honeymoon. It didn't prevent the press from trying to find some reason to criticize you. But that's what they'll do. And if they're not criticizing you, then you're obviously not doing something right because you're not on their radar. Um, I wanted to give you a chance to, to speak to that and anything else you have coming up that you might want people out here to know about so they can uh, check it out. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the mainstream media is attacking me because I, I took a honeymoon and missed a week of votes. I think that's absolutely ridiculous uh, because I believe that so there's something much more important than the government, and that is my family. So I'll always choose Christine over Nancy every time. Well, not only that, also that the week you took was not supposed to actually be a week that you were supposed to be in session, as I understand it. And it certainly wasn't supposed to be a busy week, and you, you didn't know that. And that is so often how it happens as the wife of a former state senator, I can tell you. I remember so many instances like this. And, uh, you know, if you're not getting criticized, you're just not doing the job well because they're going to criticize those who are effective. And uh, you are certainly one of them up there who's shaking it up. We appreciate you taking the hard stand when we see you standing out in front of the Capitol with just a handful. We know that's where you're taking the courageous stands, and we know that courage is contagious, and we appreciate it. Thank you so much for being with us. It's an honor, Dr. Gina. See you soon, I hope. Bye. Congressman Madison Cawthorn coming up. The New York AG has targeted President Trump, and they are pursuing criminal charges against him. But is it all just politics? That is up next. More Dr. Gina Primetime right after this. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back. New York State Attorney General announced this week that her office was pursuing a criminal investigation into the Trump Organization. Of course, I don't think many were surprised by this. President Trump remains the biggest threat to their power, so the left is going to target him, unfortunately, probably for the rest of his life, and then target his children and probably his grandchildren and anybody around him because they don't want anyone outside the establishment elite to ever want to enter politics again and they're trying to intimidate you. And they think that threats and intimidation will accomplish their end. Well, they are wrong. 
but that is what they think. President Trump responded in a statement posted at his From the Desk of Donald J. Trump website, and he said, in part, I've just learned through leaks in the mainstream media that after being under investigation from the time I came down the escalator five and a half years ago, including the fake Russia, Russia hoax, uh, the two-year $48 million no collusion Mueller witch hunt, impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, and the others, that the Democrat New York Attorney General has informed my organization that their investigation is no longer just a civil matter, but also a potentially criminal investigation working with the Manhattan District's attorney, District Attorney's Office. He then continued, <clears throat> there is nothing more corrupt than an investigation that is in desperate search of a crime. But make no mistake, that is exactly what is happening here. The New York Attorney General literally campaigned on prosecuting Donald Trump even before she knew anything about me. And she said if elected, she would use her office to look into every aspect of my real estate dealings. She swore that she would definitely sue me. She boasted on a video that she would be, and I quote, a real pain in the blank. She declared, just wait until I'm the Attorney General's office and I've got my eyes on Trump Tower. She also promised that if elected, she would join with law enforcement and other attorneys general across this nation in removing this president from office. It's important that everyone understand that the days of Donald Trump are coming to an end, she said. Well, well, well. Here with me now to discuss former U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Florida, Guy Lewis. Guy, I tell you what. This, I, you know, it wouldn't matter whether I were on the left or the right side of politics. I just know, not being an attorney, just being an American, somebody who loves the Constitution and studies it a lot, this is not the way the law is supposed to work. Tell me. So, Gina, if there are 10 commandments associated with prosecution, commandment number one is politics and prosecution don't mix. Shame on this attorney general. Shame on her. She, she should recuse. She is so biased. There, there is no way she can perform a uh, fair and uh, a just investigation and prosecution. And like you say, whether you love him or hate him, every U.S. citizen, president or not, former president or not, deserves fairness and due process. And that's not what this attorney general, this New York attorney general is about. The thing I've never understood about the left guy is that it seems as though they never understand that the malicious things they use their power for will invariably turn on them when the power turns again, whether it's, you know, el eliminating the electoral college or eliminating the filibuster or this sort of malicious prosecution thing, ultimately it will turn on them. And it, and it psychologically, psychology being my field of expertise, tells me one thing. The only time a human being tends to resort to things that they know will turn on them when the situation is reversed is in absolute panic. So it tells me that the left is in some sort of panic figuring they'll figure it out when it turns on them because they are in such dire straits somehow in their own mind that they have to use any means necessary to destroy what they feel like is going to take away their power base. Is that an analysis that's fair to you? It is fair, Gina. Listen, I've investigated and prosecuted 
a lot of crimes, a lot of bad guys. And I didn't target the guy and actually go out and look for a crime. Heck, give me, give me 20 FBI agents. Give me 20 IRS agents. And I guarantee you, I can turn somebody's life upside down and find something, something wrong. But it, it's, it's just the antithesis of what we stand for as a country, as, as people who love and respect the Constitution, who, who devote ourselves to fairness and due process. Um, and, and frankly, she's got no business on this case. Any, even even a, a simple understanding of conflicts would require her to step down, to remove herself from the case, and that's what this uh, attorney general should do. Yeah, exactly. Does it hurt the AG's efforts here that she ran on prosecuting one man and now she's doing it? I mean, we all know she hates Donald Trump. Will that hurt her case? Should this end up in court? So that's a great question. If I was defending the president, I would absolutely try the New York attorney general. That's my defense on this case. Uh, this attorney general has devoted herself to, to prosecuting the president no matter what. I mean, look at some of the statements, Gina, that you just uh, talked about. These were statements she made before she even saw the evidence, before she even interviewed one witness, before she was even elected attorney general. How in the Lord's name can she be fair, unbiased, and impartial? Well, and we know what the answer is. She cannot. She simply cannot. So, so here's, here's what it really seems like to me, if I'm just laying it out there. There are a lot of laws on the books out there, guy. <laughs> if they look into the Trump organizations, every single transaction, scour every single document that ever has passed through the fingers of Trump Tower, I mean, or any organization ever, or any tower in all of Manhattan, they're going to find something to, to, you know, to say that they can charge President Trump with or someone around him and make it look like this wasn't malicious. Is, is, that, is that fair? Well, what they're doing, and, and you hit the nail on the head, you perceptively have, have crystallized the issue. They are looking at millions of documents. They are targeting specifically employees and uh, reports are, the, the Trump Organization CFO, the financial, the chief financial officer, and they're squeezing him in every way they can, uh, applying every pressure the law enforcement can bring to bear in order to get him to say something negative, anything negative about the former president of the United States. And I'm just telling you, there's a, a jury if this ever came to it, I don't think it will. Gina, it won't come to it. But if it ever did, God forbid, if it ever did, a jury, even a New York jury, is going to look at this and say, no, not on my watch, not fair, not right, and uh, they're going to throw this thing out. But another aspect of this, as we're all kind of looking at this through layman's eyes, is that the U.S. attorney in New York is essentially doing the same thing. So we have the feds and the state working together 
on this witch hunt. Trump has always called it a witch hunt, and this is really one. Uh, but which is more of a threat, threat, rather, the federal investigation, in your opinion, or the state investigation? Wow. Uh, so that's a good question, too. I, I think the I'm always, as a defense lawyer now, more concerned with federal investigations. The state, I'm, I'm concerned about them being political, about them doing exactly what this attorney general is promising and, and did promise she would do. But the feds, when the feds come in and they thoroughly and carefully and frankly, quietly, quietly in most respects. I mean, this attorney general, she went out what? And she gave yesterday a press conference and she did a press release announcing all this. That's a way to, to uh, fairly investigate and prosecute an allegations? No. But the feds, they do it quietly. They, they do their homework. They're meticulous. And in my experience, uh, that's not who you want investigating you for an um, a, uh, allegation of a crime. And um, in your opinion, I mean, the best of the best attorneys can fight this. You think that uh, Trump will, will beat this? You bet. You bet. So uh, he'll put a team of lawyers on this. He's already got lawyers around him. Uh, the people in the Trump organization all have lawyers. And that's a part of it. Gina, you know what this costs? You know what this costs to defend yeah. a phony fake? I mean, lawyers, lawyers are very, very expensive. It's costing the organization millions, millions, literally millions of dollars to defend this. And that's another aspect of the unfairness. Really does seem so unjust. And it just doesn't seem like America. I think that's the saddest part. And if this can happen to someone who just occupied the most powerful seat in the entire world only months ago. Imagine what the rest of us are in for. Guy Lewis, thank you so much for being with us. Coming up, the controversy surrounding Biden's test drive this week. It just won't stop. Was, was he not actually driving this truck? That was my first impression. And somebody has cleared that up for me with the evidence. And he is here with us right after this. You won't believe it. Stay where you are. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, you know what that singer means. It's time for some news you did not know and here to help as always from our RAV headquarters in Denver, Colorado, Jessica Rivera. Jessica, great to see you. Great to see you, Dr. Gina. And you would think that the New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, would try and stay out of the headlines, seeing as he is under investigation for the COVID nursing home deaths in his state. He is also under investigation for allegedly sexual harass sexually harassing a number of women. But no, the governor is once again in hot water. This time it's for prioritizing his family and friends for special COVID testing that are only supposed to be used for urgent cases. According to the reports, Cuomo's daughter, her boyfriend, and an aide received priority COVID testing in March and April. The tests were then rushed to the New York's uh, premier lab and were processed within hours. 
But get this, Dr. Gina, when these special tests are used, the processing, uh, it, in the state, it's required for the workers uh, to stay there until the test results come in. So this means they, they could be working in the middle of the night if necessary, and of course, you know what that means, probably costs a lot more money. So Cuomo can add another investigation by the state attorney general in the use of the special test to his long list of current investigations. It doesn't seem as if he knows how to stay out of the headlines right now for negative things. Rules for thee and not for me, you know. And you think about Donald Trump, he waited, you know, to get the vaccine and everything else until he knew that others had it. And then he was criticized for that. It's just, it's just unbelievable to me. A uh, public servant doesn't have much to do with the way some of these operators operate, does it, Jessica? No, and it really doesn't. It'll be interesting to see when this comes out because the, the workers, I mean, they have logged hours. So they clearly know what they were in there for in those labs and who they were there for, the test. So it'll be interesting to see what excuse he comes up with since he's good at that one too. Sure will. Thank you so much, Jessica. Of course, Dr. Gina. So Joe Biden's test drive this week turned out to be a PR disaster. First, he made a bad joke about running a reporter over with that truck. And now the Internet is all ablaze with the conspiracy that he was not actually even driving that truck. As we found out over the past few years, sometimes conspiracy theories aren't conspiracy theories at all. And I know a lot of other shows have shown you evidence that Biden may not have been driving that truck, but we have the man with the goods right here yesterday on the show. I speculated, just speculated, that since he can't read a prompter or walk up the steps of Air Force One or do much of anything else himself, I wondered if he was even driving that truck. And sure enough, I no sooner got off the show and I'm deluged with the people who Never miss, never miss an Instagram post from the one and only Rogan O'Hanley. My kid said, Mama, why aren't you watching DC Drano's feed? I said, because I was doing a show. And they said, well, you need to have him on tomorrow because he's got the goods. And he sure did. And he's here with us now. Rogan, great to see you. Thank you for having me on, Dr. Gina. All right, Rogan, you posted this image on your Instagram page. I apparently was busy doing a show and did not watch it fresh out of the gate. And the top part of this shows the cab of a truck with two, two steering wheels. And the image on the bottom shows a freeze frame from C-SPAN that shows what appears to be the passenger with his hand on a second steering wheel. And we have the video you posted too. Let's focus on this freeze frame first. Go ahead and tell us, Rogan. Yeah, I mean, you know, this reminds me of, of Driver's Ed, except this time it's the Weekend at Bernie's edition with, uh, you know, 79-year-old uh, mentally defunct Joe Biden. So when I first heard about this theory, I go, oh, that's kind of crazy. I mean, how hard is it to push a gas pedal and hold it straight? But then I started watching some of these videos, and I, I just went frame by frame on the YouTube clip, and I go, yeah, that's, that's a steering wheel. Uh, and, you know, in the image that you're showing, yes, it shows a Lexus interior, but it was really just for the example of what these situations look like. Obviously, it's a prototype Ford truck. There's not going to be any released images of the interior or the exterior. That's why it was covered. But you can blatantly see the Secret Service guy next to him holding a steering wheel driving. And the worst part is, and unfortunately, I don't think this video clip shows it, right at the end when he makes his joke, about uh, you know running people over, he turns the wheel completely upside down, and then the truck takes off straight. 
So not only was he not driving, they completely <laughs> deactivated his ability to handle the vehicle. You, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's just so embarrassing. And I mean, as if these initial screenshots didn't, um, you know, convince people, then I guess this should shed all doubt, right? Why do these vehicles exist with two steering wheels? I mean, I, I kind of think, honestly, sometimes Jason drives me to work and I kind of need one of those to like keep him on the road. Um, and so I kind of don't blame the two steering wheel thing. I kind of think I need one of those. But what is the, what is the actual practice for, for these um, two steering wheel things aside from Joe Biden and Jason? Right. So I did a little research and sometimes they install this second wheel um, for when the car is going to be driving autonomously. Right. So if there's uh, no one in that front seat and you put it in uh, autopilot, you know, you have the ability to take over the vehicle. But uh, in Joe Biden's instance, it, it reminds me of when you're playing video games with like your little sibling and you give them an unplugged controller and you're controlling it and they think they're doing it. It's it's kind of the same deal. I mean, can you imagine the call that was placed? Okay, so we want to do this PR stunt. We want to have the president of the United States go and drive this truck. But um, can you find a truck that he can't actually drive that looks like he's driving it for the cameras, but we need someone else to be in control so he doesn't actually run any reporters over or anything else or turn the thing upside down or kill anyone? I mean, can you, who placed that call, Rogan? <laughs> It, I mean, this has been going on since pretty much he was running. You know, it's it's the illusion of a Joe Biden presidency. When he's up there taking too many questions, he mutters, oh, I better not do this. I might get in trouble. Who are you going to get in trouble with? You're supposed to be the president of the United States. Nobody would tell President Trump, hey, sir, you really did that, you know, poorly back there. We got to get going. Uh, you know, Joe Biden can't drive a truck. He can't drive this economy. The only thing he knows how to drive is America into the ground. Exactly, exactly. All right, Rogan, I want to move over to some serious stuff. Not that, not that the president of the United States can't actually drive or walk upstairs or read a prompter. It's not serious. But anyway, moving on to some stuff. Rogan, I'm still fired up about this House vote last night on the January 6th commission. I devoted my doctor's order segment to this earlier tonight. 35 GOP congressmen voted to drag out this ridiculous discussion about some armed insurrection where no one was armed and where a Capitol Police officer was killed by Trump supporters, except that didn't happen either. Um, Rogan, these GOP reps don't understand that the left will never love them, and though some serious things did take place in the Capitol that day, it has not been treated with any kind of equality for the serious things, uh, the riots, for example, and other things that have happened, the, the shooting of the officer uh, just a couple of months ago that we've referred to numerous times on the show today already, um, and so on and so forth. It, there is a double system of justice, but the GOP reps, these 35, um, continue to try to appease the left somehow in voting for ridiculous things like this. What say you? Well, I want to thank them for making it very obvious who's on our team and who's partnering up with globalist corrupt Democrats. Uh, you know, where was the January 6th commission report on the softball shooting where Steve Scalise was shot? Where was the January 6th commission on uh, Dr. Rand Paul being tackled in his yard? Where's the January 6th commission on the dozens of murders 
committed in connection with BLM and Antifa riots last year? Where's the January 6th commission on the violence against MAGA supporters, men, women, and children for the last four years simply for the offense of wearing a hat? They don't want to look at those commissions. In fact, Jerry Nadler, huge liar, said that Antifa was a myth as they're launching uh, you know, fireworks at federal troops trying to burn down courthouses all over the internet. So these people aren't interested in learning about what happened because frankly, that's already being done by the FBI. Per their uh, you know, discussion, they are uh, conducting the most expansive criminal investigation in the history of the United States to get all the MAGA grandmas walking through the Capitol floors after they were invited in by Capitol Police. So, you know, the FBI, the intelligence community, they're all over this. There's no need for another commission. We also had an impeachment proceeding. I don't know if people remember that. President Trump got off because he committed no crimes. So, uh, you know, this was just another political stunt. Shame on these 35. I have a feeling that, uh, you know, they are uh, certainly our number one targets to primary in 2022. Yeah, and we've been scrolling the names most of the show today just uh, to keep it all all in perspective, um, you know, some would favor a January 6th commission if we could find out answers to some very serious questions like when did Nancy Pelosi know that the Capitol Police officer Brian Sicknick, for example, Rogan, was not actually killed by a Trump supporter with a fire extinguisher? Wouldn't you like to know the answer to that? Do you suppose um, if this, this commission actually takes place that we'll have answers to any of those kinds of important questions? Well, and we still don't know who put the, the pipe bombs at the DNC and RNC. I have a feeling uh, they might know who did it and they don't want to tell us. We don't know how much, uh, you know, Antifa or BLM type people infiltrated, you know, the MAGA supporters on that day. D.C. voted over 80 percent for Biden. So there's plenty of them around in that city. You know, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Why was there such minimal security knowing there was going to be over half a million people showing up to D.C.? Why were cops literally opening the gates and waving people in? Why was there not National Guard on the ready? You know, there's a lot of questions. To my knowledge, President Trump actually wanted National Guard to be ready. And I believe either D.C. police or uh, Nancy Pelosi herself turn that down. So there are a lot of questions as to why this was even allowed to happen. Uh, you know, over time, we are getting more answers. And uh, I feel like we'll, we'll, we'll get a lot of these answers to these questions uh, in the near future. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have a lot of questions surrounding what happened to Ashley Babbitt, too. I don't want her name to be lost in all of this either. Um, so, Rogan, I'm really happy that you are here with us for this part of the show because it is one of my favorite parts of the show because it's a lot of fun, and it is our time for our meme of the day. All right, Rogan, it seems that we have no content today unless we take it off of your Instagram page <laughs> because apparently this came off of your Instagram page also. Uh, and now we see that memes are not always just online. Sometimes they appear on gas station signs. And this sign says that you uh, are pictured in front, says, I'm sorry, here we go. I hope gas prices don't get too high. Then it shows a very high Hunter Biden representing how high gas prices can actually get when Biden is running things. Rogan, pretty epic gas station sign meme. And uh, you know that the sign gas station signs and even business front signs have become sort of a thing during COVID, haven't they? 
Yeah, this was in Ashland City, Tennessee. I was up in Nashville. It's one of my favorite cities in the country. Um, and, you know, we were driving to my friend's ranch out there. And I saw I go pull over. I needed to get a picture with this. This is incredible. It actually flipped between three images. It had, uh, uh, you know, a, a gas tank with the E in the word Biden. Um, it had <laughs> another picture of Kamala. So it flipped through the different ones. And I guarantee they're one of the only places that has a gas shortage because they have so many customers coming to support them inside the store is no less awesome it's loaded with you know booze and guns and beef jerky and pro-america stuff so uh lewis country store you should go check it out they're an american staple oh that's very very cool well, I guess we've uh, given you a new title of associate producer, Rogan O'Hanley, here tonight on the Dr. Gina Primetime Show. Since we're pulling content from your site, I guess we better give you credit. Thank you for being with us tonight. D.C. Drano, everybody. Thank you for having me on, Dr. Gina. All right. And thanks to you for joining me tonight. Thanks to everyone here at your new home for real news, Real America's Voice, RAV-TV. Alan Dershowitz is here for our Freedom Friday show tomorrow. You won't want to miss that. We'll ask him all the toughest legal questions. Hug your children. Love your God. You go boldly now. Live the truth.